You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing in higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I am Troy Singer, here with my friend and co-host, Bart Kaler. Each week, we set out to interview higher ed marketers that we admire for the benefit and the betterment of the entire higher ed community. Today, we get to talk to Jenny Petty, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at the University of Montana. And if you don't already know Jenny, get to know her. She is a higher ed influencer, The wisdom that she shares on a regular basis, I think, is a benefit to our community. And today, she's going to kind of pull back the curtain and give us some of what she faced as she took over the leadership of marketing at the University of Montana while she was in the trenches of higher ed branding. And Jenny's so authentic and transparent about everything. And I I love the way that she kind of shares a lot of, you know, the challenges that it had and and kind of where we've all been, where you have that, you know, those decisions that you have to make that you're kind of like, uh, gulp, I'm not sure if that's what I want to do, but that's what my gut is telling me, but that's going to be hard. She kind of walks through some of that with with their with their campaign where they kind of did a as she puts it branding renaissance, which I love that that love that term. And so the idea of um, just having her kind of go through some of that those challenges that she went through, that being in the trenches, but yet to see what the benefit was on the other side and how she did some things that really. Uh, I think contributed to that benefit and contributed to the success that are intentional things that I think everybody can do. So really great conversation. Here is our conversation with Jenny Petty. Well, Jenny, I must admit, I'm a little bit intimidated because you've been in this (laughs) podcast game a lot longer or longer than I have. So you should be asking me the questions. But since it's our podcast, I get to ask you the questions. And our first one is, if there's something fun or exciting that you have learned recently that you think our audience would love to hear, what would that be? Yeah, so recently I started subscribing to Steve Magnus's um, Science Digest newsletter. Hmm. And I'm finding it really, really interesting. And he did an, uh, a little piece last month about um, competition and the way competition shows up in our workplaces and the idea of zero sum. And zero sum is for me to win, you have to lose. And so I've really been digging into that idea of how that shows up on our campuses and and learning more and going hmm. back to some of my readings from when I was in graduate school and, and looking at Parker Palmer's work and um it's been it's been really interesting to think about the way that 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 idea that somebody has to lose for you to win shows up. Thank you, Jenny. And in all seriousness, Jenny Petty, the vice president of marketing and communications at the University of Montana, is seen by some, including me, as a higher ed marketer influencer. And we're so happy to have her. Before we get into the conversation, can you give us a little glimpse into the University of Montana and the work that you do there? Yeah, you bet. So the University of Montana is in beautiful Missoula, Montana, which is in western Montana. 
Um, they call it the banana belt of Montana. They used that when they were recruiting me here. I can tell you no bananas grow here. <laughs> and comparatively to the rest of Montana, it is warm. That doesn't mean we don't have a very long cold winter. Um, the University of Montana has about 12,000 full-time students. We are, are an R1 research institution. So um, we have a very deep and large breadth of research that's happening on this campus. We are known for our work in um, the arts, but also in the sciences. We have some really fascinating neuroscience work that's being done here, including research that's being done to find a vaccine for the opioid epidemic. Um, we have a mountain and a river on our campus. Oh. <laughs> and right on the mountain has the most hiked trail in Montana. So uh, literally a river runs through exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Oh, we are, uh, dad jokes are plentiful <laughs> on the Higher End Marketer podcast. Uh, thank you for that introduction. And Jenny, also to set up a couple of our subjects, I think it would be appropriate for you to give us a brief background of your journey because you haven't always been in higher ed marketing. I spent uh, over a decade in the private sector. I worked in healthcare for a green energy startup. Um, right before I came to higher ed, I worked for a Fortune 1000 gaming company. So it was called International Game Technology that serviced the, the casino world, which was quite the leap to come from casinos and gaming to higher ed. But I am, I'm glad I made the leap. It's been a really interesting perspective to bring to higher ed. I know we've talked with a lot of different guests on the podcast who have a similar you know, corporate or, or, or B2B background or B2C then find their way to higher ed. I, I often joke with a lot of administrators I work with that no one you know, is eight years old and is asking, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say a higher ed administrator. I mean, that just doesn't happen. You typically find a road there either through you know, admissions office and kind of grow up in the way or through professorship or whatever it is. But I think that sometimes um, having that perspective does bring a, a unique skill set and maybe a different true perspective when you come on to campus that, you know, that, that I think is refreshing a lot of times, but it also creates a little bit of challenges sometimes because you're bringing in new thoughts. What, what was your experience like? So I came from a global marketing team. I was on the global brand team. So we're talking a marketing team that had, you know, 150 plus members around the, the world. It was extremely competitive. And so when I came to higher ed, I think there were a couple of things that shocked me. The pace, for one, I was used to, you know, doing go-to-market campaigns within six months of a new product being developed, of just moving really quickly and coordinating very quickly among um, the organization. I don't think I was prepared for how complex higher ed organizations right. are. Um, even coming from a Fortune 1000 company, I, I often tell people it was like the Google at the gaming world. It took a half an hour to walk from one side of the campus to the other. It was massive, and that it doesn't even compare to how complex our higher ed orgs are. I think there's a couple of things that helped shape my experience. You know, one is being part of that global team where people truly do have expertise, like T-shaped expertise in certain areas, which gives you the chance to really have a deep dive. But it gave me exposure to corporate marketing budgets. So I managed social media when I was at IGT and my Facebook budget was a million dollars a year, right? And so mm -hmm. there are institutions where our, our entire operating budget in higher ed is not a million dollars a year. So it gave me that exposure to like what you can really do with 
big budgets and um, how out of whack our expectations on campuses often are when we're not funding in that way. Um, And then I think, you know, another thing that it really gave me great exposure to was agency management. So that's something that, um, you know, just having the ability to ride along with my boss there, his name was Martin Lopker at IGT, and Martin let me ride along with him as he made decisions and as we worked at the agency. And so I really come at agency relationships from this partnership mentality, and I've seen, you know, groups that maybe have never been exposed to working with an agency, not really understanding what the dynamic should be. So either thinking that you're turning everything over for the agency to make all the decisions or that the agency is there to be like your taco stand where you're like, okay, well, we're going to order this from you, you know? So I think it gave me really great exposure into, you know, marketing management and leadership and, uh, you know, big strategic planning. Yeah, that's great, and I I think that that's uh, that's so important. And and I you know we had a conversation with we had a pre interview with another guest recently that'll be in an upcoming podcast. But you know she her background was you know she's in higher ed, but then she went to one of the agencies for a little bit, and then she went back to higher ed. And we kind of always joke around about the you know the evil agencies out there, and I, I can say that because I am one of the evil agencies, I suppose. <laughs> but I do appreciate when it is that partnership where it is a collaboration, and I think that that's what you're saying is that bringing that to University of Montana or any school, it does go a lot better when it is that partnership rather than the taco stand or just turning it all over. It's a collaborative effort. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, something that was modeled for me at IGC was sitting in creative tension. You know, there were meetings where we were in where the agency had pitched something and I watched as people reacted to it. And mm-hmm. um, I got to see that that just because a pitch didn't go well or it didn't meet client expectations, it didn't mean that the relationship was over, the partnership was right. over. So that gave me just really great insight into how to operate um, with working with agency partners. Well, and I know that one of uh, one of the key people that you recruited to your team kind of came from the from the agency background. So tell us a little bit about bringing Stephanie on. Yeah, so we're really lucky to have just an amazing team here. Stephanie Geyer was at RNL for a really really long time, um, and honestly, I had always dreamed of working for her. And so when the opportunity presented itself for her to come work with me, um, it kind of blew me away that she said yes. And, you know, a couple of years later, she's still here doing just absolutely amazing things with our digital strategy and really just leapfrogging. We're not playing catch up anymore at the University of Montana. We are leapfrogging ahead to the latest and greatest in in tech and web. And uh, she's just she's one big pillar of our team. But I'm so lucky the rest of my leadership team is just phenomenal. Like I've got Dave Koontz, who was Senator Tester's director of communications, just fantastic wow. on the media relations side. Lucky enough to work with uh, a woman named Jenny Levy, who is the single best copywriter I've ever worked with. And she leads our content and creative strategy. Uh, Andy Chapman worked for me at Wyoming. There's nothing better of a compliment than when somebody wants to keep working with you. So he joined. Right. You know, I just have just an amazing, amazing leadership team that has made you know, moved mountains in a really short amount of time. Yeah, that makes such a difference when you can get a team that's kind of fully functioning together. There's no drama and everybody just kind of does what they need to do. And it, it just lifts everything up. And and definitely we can see that. I mean, we had such a great conversation with Stephanie when she was on the episode and uh, 
don't quiz me. I don't remember the number, but it's a good conversation to listen to. And I just think that um, having a team like that and, and being able to, you know, bring your career journey into the University of Montana and be able to be surrounded with such a team like that is just such a wonderful blessing. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. One of the reasons we wanted to have you on the podcast is for you to take us through the journey of one of your large projects of rebranding the University of Montana, a, a large flagship school. And in order to set the stage, though, I'd like to know to the comfort that you can, if you could highlight maybe some of the challenges that the university faced that then you had to take on through the rebranding process. Yeah, absolutely. So... I joined in the spring of 2021. Um, the University of Montana from 2011 to, I think, 2017 had seen a 40% decrease in the freshman class. They were experiencing a, a steep enrollment decline, right? I mean, a decade before, we're all talking about the enrollment cliff now. This place was experiencing that very early on. On top of that, there was a very, very public um, sexual assault scandal that was documented in John Krakauer's book, Missoula. Main hall of our university is on the cover of that book. It was very public, involved athletics, so very, very prominent. And then on top of that, there was also budgetary. With the enrollment decline, there was big budgetary issues. And so the marketing department in 20. 16 went from 15 members to three members because the university offered buyouts. And so, you know, when you think about what really successful teams in higher ed and marketing and universities were doing in 2015, this place literally went back to almost zero. And so when I started, the team had grown to about 10 members and it was a total rebuild. You know, there was people, process, and technology. And so we've doubled the team in size, more than doubled in size in two years. And one of our major first initiatives was what I don't call it a rebranding. I call it a brand renaissance uh, because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want anyone to think that, you know, there was anything wrong. It's just that we needed to, we needed to start a new chapter and, and turn over a new leaf. And so we did this brand project we did it in about nine months we partnered with simpson scarborough it was the fastest in my entire career i have ever done a brand project. but i think that that urgency actually really serves the campus well the result of that was a campaign that we call montana made montana making one of the most challenging parts that we found during the research for the campaign was in every audience segment that we did focus groups with, we heard this term glory days. And so even our current students would say to us, gosh, I just feel like I missed the glory days. And I thought, gosh, what a tragedy to have a school. You've chosen to come to a school where you think the best days of it are behind it. Like we've got to reverse that. We've got to reverse that mental attitude about what's happening here. And so what you'll see in the Montana Made Montana making, and there's a great case study that um, Simpson Scarborough's put together on their website about the work, is that it's got almost what some people think of as a retro color palette. So we are still paying heed to the nostalgia and the history of this place, but it's very fresh in the approach. The language and the tone that we're using is not your standard higher ed. Um, you know, we've got a funny post, like funny... Uh, postcard that we're sending out right now it's got a tree cutting on it and says you know we love trees so much we put a ring on them there's just really fun <laughs> we're just having fun with it you know you can see we have a microsite it's meet.umontana.edu and what we did was we just infused 
joy and vibrancy back into the brand. I think that authenticity is what attracts Generation Z to that type of thing. And I'd, I'd be curious just, I mean, we, we didn't talk about this earlier, but just to kind of unpack that a little bit, because I think that, you know, Generation Z, there's a lot of, you can go and do all the research, but, you know, they like to do things together. They, they There is a retro aspect that they are kind of drawn to. How's all that been kind of playing out? Because obviously enrollment's up. Yep. And a lot of that is going to be based on that feeling that people have. I mean, we can throw out numbers and, you know, program data and, and all that's important. But at the end of the day, how does somebody feel about the brand is what really starts to attract them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad that you brought up the student perspective because previous branding work here hadn't really included student feedback. And we made it a really mm. core center part of what we did here. And so when we were working with Simpson Scarborough, there were three different concepts that they came to, and they were all beautiful, but this one was the bold kind of wild concept. And the first time I saw it, I was like, I'm getting fired. This has been a great, <laughs> it's been a great like six month run here. Like this, I'm done, you know? It's yeah. too far yeah, out Yeah, like there. I'm, this is the end of my career. That's, you know? Um, and then I had to sit with that uncomfortable feeling and realize it's because there was something really there. There was something different that was making me feel differently than what you would typically experience. And so we took the concepts and we did creative testing among different audiences. And among our current and prospective student audiences, that was above and beyond the favorite concept. And so making that argument, you know, you don't always win that argument on, on campuses. Uh, often we create marketing that is, uh, you know, internal. Like we are all essentially marketing to ourselves. Uh, but we, I was lucky enough to have the support of the president here and said, yeah, let's do this. Let's go bold. Let's, if this is what the students are reacting to, then let's do it. And we have seen just adoption and excitement around this brand in a way that uh, this campus hadn't seen before. And I do think that's because it feels like them. They see themselves in it. They know that their feedback was used. Um, it's fun. It doesn't speak to you or as a consumer the way that most higher ed brands do. We we really didn't mm -hmm. want to, like, you know, Stephanie has been working on umontana.edu, which is a website property based on prospective student experiences, and it's very personalized. And the tone of that site, we call it playful yet formidable, uh, we, mm -hmm. one of our brand personality characteristics, but we don't talk to our audience like they are just there to listen to everything we say. We try to engage in a way that's having a conversation. That's great. And I, I'm, it reminds me of, and I've used this word a couple times. I don't know if you're, anybody's familiar with uh, Joanne Soliday. She's one of the co-founders of the Credo uh, agency. And um, she wrote a couple books. And one of the things that she really leads with is this idea of courageous leadership in higher education. And I love the fact that you just kind of demonstrated that, that sometimes, you know, you got you to gotta gulp and say, actually, this is the best thing, even though you know, the rest of the administration might not understand it, the board might not understand it, but the students do. And this is what we need to do. That's a hard thing to do. Sometimes. It's really hard. And I think also as leaders, we have to understand that, like, it's not our jobs to make everybody feel comfortable all the time. And so for me, you know, I had that really strong reaction. I watched everyone have the same reaction. The first time you see it, you're like, Ugh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> And then the second time you see it, you're like, I there, I think I love this. I'm not sure. Like, I think I want a T-shirt. I don't know. You know, and everybody kind of took that same thing until now. They're like, I love it. Like, I, I want stickers. I want a mug. I want everything, you know. And, and we had a student show up to one of our prospective student events a couple of weeks ago. And she had gotten a manicure done with one of our brand elements. It was, you know, just like, oh, yeah, so cool. cool. 
<laughs> so cool. Like they're and they're so, using like we've had other students like use the graphics and the brand package from the website and like make their own uh, sighting days graphics. It's been super cool. So so you've arrived when somebody gets a tat. So that's I know, be, I know. I was like, I'll take the also... manicure. It's pretty dang close. <laughs> it is pretty close. I really like the ideas of, of being able to just kind of lean into that. I, another uh, Tim Fuller has been on the on the podcast with us and he and I do a lot of work together. And one of the stories he likes to tell is that, you know, he was sitting with the president and they rolled out the the new view book and, and said, Well, what do you think, Tim? And Tim said, Well, I'm a 63-year-old man, and if I like it, that's probably not a good thing since you're focused on you know, a women's college and whatever. And so I think it's sometimes good for us to remember that we're not the target audience, and it's definitely worth talking to that target audience. So we've talked about internally, and leadership might have felt a little uncomfortable at the beginning or when this was rolled out, but would like to know, fast forward months later, if you could describe the impact that it's had and uh, maybe some of the work that you've had around it. Can you go into that a little bit for us? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it was really important to have transparency in this process. So we created a brand advisory group that was brought in at certain points of the process. I did a roadshow that entire nine months when we were working on this. And the culmination was what we called Brand Camp, um, which is just, I just really wanted to say brand camp. So that's why we named it that. Um, and Get the yeah, I just that's really great. wanted to do that. So we called it brand camp and it was a day long event that was really focused on introducing campus to this new platform and position, but also providing education. So there were four separate tracks that went looped all day long and it was like writing for the brand, designing for the brand, brand experience, and then branding 101. Because, you know, like a lot of people in my position, when I first started, someone said to me, I don't like the word branding in higher ed. That's so icky. And I was like, OK, so let's take this opportunity to teach campus about marketing and branding. And we did some symbolic stuff that day, right? Like UM had been through a lot. And people here when I first started were so incredibly skeptical and cynical because they just they had seen people like me come in before stick around for a short amount of time and bounce right out, right? With no measurable difference. And so we designed brand camp. We had these great teaching moments, but we started the day with, uh, we had planters on every single table and the planters had dirt in them. And then everyone was handed a piece of seed paper. And I asked them, I challenged them. I said, before we get started today, I want you to write down one thing that is keeping UM stuck like what is the story you're telling yourself about this place that is keeping us stuck in the past and when people were done with that they then buried in the they buried their seed paper in the planter and then we had those planters around campus during the spring and they bloomed and they were beautiful um and we followed that up by then saying uh, i want you to go to the back of the room there's post-it notes and i want you to tell me your greatest hope for this place and so we set the tone right away like, this is not about a new color palette. This is not about new fonts. Like, this is truly a moment in time that we are we're stopping, we are reflecting, and now we're moving forward. And so, you know, you mentioned our enrollment impact. We are seeing growth in enrollment, which is so great. We've had four straight semesters of growth. Uh, very excited about that. That's the tangible benefit of all the hard work mm -hmm. that's happening between our department, the enrollment management group, financially. Mm -hmm. Like, just that's a team effort. But internally, what I'm probably the most proud of is, like, this work had such an impact on the entire organization. It really was that visible 
proof that things were changing and that there was something to be excited and hopeful and joyful about. If there's ever leadership that claims that branding can't drive organizational change, I would love to speak with them. You know our our producer, Rob Conlon. He, he helped you with uh, your podcast, I think, at one point. And as you were talking about it, one of the things I reminded me of, and you're going to think this is a plant, but it actually literally did come to my mind, is Ted Lasso and just that Believe poster. And just how that – and Rob had mentioned to me that, oh, Jenny loves Ted Lasso. So I didn't set it up. I just thought about that, and then I remembered, oh, he said that. But just that whole idea – I mean, that's what that whole premise of that show is about, is how just some very small authenticity can change a whole organization. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what you just communicated, is that you basically have been living out the Ted Lasso show. I mean, Bart, you're calling me Ted Lasso, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I yeah, like but that show a lot. I love that show. I've watched it so many times now. Um, but yeah, I think it is, right? It's just, it's not so much a leader coming in and setting a vision. It's a leader coming in and helping people reframe for themselves what's happening and, and have belief in change and that it can happen. And, you know, I wanted, I'll tell you a funny story. I actually wanted to have like a bonfire. I didn't want to do the flower pot thing. I wanted to do something really spectacular. But risk management said no, so we had to, we had to, sat, we had to settle on the That's flower really pot. funny. <laughs> very good. Very good. What a fun story. I hate that we have come to the end of this episode with you because not only have I looked forward to this discussion with you, I know that there's so much that you have to share. If you would, though, if you have a piece of advice that could be quickly implemented by a listener upon hearing it, what would that be, Jenny? So I think we can all get better at listening. And I think it's worth studying how to become a better listener. Um, I think when I think about the leadership characteristic that I think is maybe one of the most important, listening is really high on that list. And so I don't have like a pithy article someone should read or anything like that. I think right. it's just as simple as just getting more self-awareness around how we listen to others. Thank you very much. Jenny Petty, the University of Montana. Jenny, if someone would like to either follow you, contact you, what are the best ways for them to do so? You can find me on LinkedIn or on, at Twitter at I am Jenny Petty. Uh, like you mentioned, I do have a podcast, uh, The Servant Marketer, that I started when I was in grad school. It was my Gradstone Capstone project. So there are 32 episodes of that out there for people to listen to. Or they could find more information about servant leadership and servant marketing at servantmarketer.co. Bart, what are your final thoughts? Uh, just a few things that I wanted to point out here. What a great conversation, Jenny. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I, I wanted to just kind of a few things to encourage those listeners that, that are out there that, that maybe you feel like, boy, I'm what a great story, but I'm living, you know, where, where the school was in 2015 stand, you know, stay there, be, be bold in that. Cause I think that a lot of things that Jenny talked about today can be applied to that. There's a lot of empathy in that. I mean, we've had a lot of guests on this show and every one of them gave their email that you can reach out to them reach out to somebody and just kind of be able to talk that through. And, and I would also encourage you to uh, be courageous in the way that you present how important marketing is with your team and with cabinet and with, with faculty. Uh, I really applaud what Jenny talked about with the brand camp. And that's, 
that's not just unique to, to Jenny. I'm sure that she would be fine if you duplicated some of those efforts because, you know, at the end of the day, I, I have another guest recently said that, you know what, we're all in the business of educating students. We're all on the same team. And in a lot of ways we are. And so I think that the idea of really using some of those ideas of, tr- of really helping your campus understand that brand is not a bad word. Marketing is not a bad word. Customers are actually who your prospective students are and their students. I, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I remember being on a campus and I thought I would, you know, I had been doing business as well as ed- education and I came in not knowing any better and I started talking about customers and boy, I got some stares from faculty, but that's, that's changing and that's been changing a lot. So I think educating, educating your, um, your campus on those things and, and really being bold in the way and, and having students look at the material that you're putting out is a really good way to go. So again, thanks so much, Jenny. It was a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you both. Also, Rob, who was mentioned earlier, our wonderful producer at Westport Studio. Thank you. And I will say to everyone, I like Ted Lasso and any biscuits, send them my way. I'm here for it. (laughs) The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, accurately and precisely connecting universities directly to the devices of their prospects inquiries and alumni on their most valued mailing list on behalf of bart kaler and our guest jenny petty and myself troy singer thank you so much for joining us you've been listening to the higher ed marketer to ensure that you never miss an episode subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who is a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time. 